What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hello. And Carrie. What's up? Uh, what is up is that uh, we're weird, like, so, like, a lot of, like, niche games have come out, and you guys have been playing the two, I would argue, most prominent niche games that have come out. Is uh, what I've been playing really a niche game? Well, no, I guess it's not really fair to consider Pokemon a niche game at this point, <laughs> considering how many copies it sells. Um, before we get started, I'm going to dip into the news. I'm throwing I'm throwing an audible All right. at you guys because um, we can talk about the Grand Theft Auto 6 thing first. Just just and I only want to talk about it because there is a fun fact that I saw um, about the Grand Theft Auto series that I wanted to share for people that didn't see it. Uh, the news story is that Grant, stop asking me if I want to use NFTs Twitter. I certainly do not <laughs> want to use them for my profile picture. Um, it's really obnoxious. Uh, so through a tweet, uh, rockstar confirmed the GTA six um, is currently in active development. I'm sure it's been in active development for probably several years at this point. I don't know why they felt the need to confirm it. I guess investors were getting antsy um, that, you know, people were like, like, like take, take to a board is like, oh, my God, like, is this game actually going to come out? Like, yeah, we're working on it, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you noticed. We're still making all the money uh, with Grand Theft <laughs> Auto 5 right now. So no rush. Um, don't worry about there. it. I mean, we're still waiting on the PS5 and Series X version of GTA 5 still at this point. So, are we? Um, oh yeah, happening? no, that's coming out. That's coming out uh, this year. Hmm. So, the game that will never die. Uh, so here's some fun. Here's some fun facts. So they shared uh, with this announcement that GTA 5, as of February of this year, has sold over 160 million copies of GTA 5 that are out there in the wild a lot of copies of games so to put that number in context uh as of november 2020 this is from jason schreier um bloomberg uh the the entire assassin's creed series through the release of valhalla sold 155 million copies all of the assassin's creeds combined is less than Mm. one gta 5 uh the entire final fantasy franchise as of September of last year, so obviously not accounting for the the boom in popularity uh, with Final Fantasy fourteen this year, but the entire Final Fantasy series as of September twenty twenty one, one hundred and sixty four million copies. So that's only, that's only four million better uh, than one GTA five, and the entire Resident Evil series as of December of last year, uh, one hundred and twenty three million copies sold for all of the Resident Evils combined. Uh, that is just to contextualize the GTA sales numbers, uh, which continue to boggle the mind. It's the universal appeal of wanting to uh, steal a fast car and run over a cop with it. Like, I don't know how else to describe the appeal of Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I played GTA 5 when it came out nine years ago <laughs> literally um, literally nine <laughs> literally years ago, nine years ago. <laughs> um, which means that like all the little kids that came into my GameStop asking for it are now finally old enough to buy it on their own without their <laughs> parent being irresponsible uh yeah i mean look 
GTA, I feel, especially since... Maybe since four. I mean, I feel like three, I guess, is when the series first sort of popped off. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in middle high school at the time, PS2 era. Um, But yeah, I mean, it it feels like five in particular just like hit at the right time. And um, the fact that they've continued to do all this stuff with the online keeps people playing it and it's not for me, you know, I'll, I'll look, I'll sure as shit by the next one when it comes out and I will play through it. And that will be the end of it for me. None of this online stuff ever appealed to me, but yeah, of course, GTA six probably going to come out within the next year or so. If I were to place a bet. Um, yeah. This, see this, this to me just underlines like how insidiously under the radar, like take two flies as a company. <laughs> Because, I mean, everyone throws a tremendous amount of shade at, like, you know, Activision Blizzard. EA and, and EA, Right. Yeah. And all those companies. And rightfully so. Like, I'm not I'm not telling anyone they're wrong. <laughs> they're all deserving of the shit that they yeah. get. But um, just consider that, like, GTA 5 continues to probably do, like, not, like, Fortnite-level numbers, obviously. But, like, not, probably not that far away, I would imagine, in terms of, like, you know, you know, regular users and, and, you know, active users is, is how they measure that stuff. Um, and this game's been around for nine years and take two is making millions and millions and millions of dollars on it every year, along with like NBA 2k and other games in their stable that they can just milk for all it's worth. And yet they get like a fraction of the bullshit that a lot of the other companies get. And look, Strauss Zelnick is just as odious as like Bobby Kotick. He's just not like aggressively. So, He's not out in the open about how much right. shit that he is. Yeah. Like he like it said, he's on like men's fitness covers, like, you know, flexing and like showing off his fucking <laughs> jacked, you know, 50 year old bod or whatever that he's got going on. But he's just as gross as as the rest of those guys are. I'm sure um, maybe I mean, maybe not doing some crazy, you know, nasty corporate bullshit or like, you know, like like harassment stuff like Kodak was right. that we know about. Um <laughs> like in this day and age, like just if it's going know. on, we'll find out about it soon <laughs> enough. One one of these days. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just a staggering number of games sold um, yeah. for one game. So. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> everybody was like clowning Bethesda and Skyrim for re-releasing Skyrim all this time. Right, and Jake's been doing it just before. <laughs> right. Uh, what's what system did Skyrim originally come out on? The PS three sixty, PS three sixty, and the PS three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's literally the same thing. Same console generation. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, and look, I can't blame Take Two. Well, I mean, I can, but uh, but you know, people are still buying it. I don't, I right. don't know why. Like people fucking clown on Todd Howard for doing it, but then people still go out and buy Skyrim again. So like, I mean, in right. in fairness, at least Take Two has not released an Alexa version of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> okay, but like that is super funny. At least like they they did that shit as a joke, as like a I fucking know. text adventure Skyrim, basically. Look. Bethesda could fucking put out Skyrim on a toaster oven and I'd probably fucking play it. So uh, I understand that I am part of the problem. 
speaking of games that Carrie would almost certainly play on, let's call them alternate platforms, uh, <laughs> Pokemon Legends, uh, is it so, okay. It's the, Arceus, and I okay. don't want to hear otherwise. Okay, so it's, anyone, not, so it's not Arceus or Arceus. Literally, my, my, my band rehearsed on Sunday, and we had, like, a minor meltdown over whether it was pronounced Arceus or Arceus, and it's... I've been saying Arceus since Arceus was introduced and uh, no one's corrected me. Therefore, I am right. So (laughs) what do they say in the game? There's no voice acting in the game. Oh, there's not. (laughs) Are there any other are there any other words that have a hard C followed by an E? Right, because it's like cemetery century. It would be Arceus, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Look, it sounds it sounds right me, to me. But feel free to be wrong. Um, <laughs> it sounds right to me. I actually want to. I want to look up, like the the phonetic. Uh, no, like it. the the Japanese kana for it. Um, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. This is, this, these are the, these are the hot button issues. That, this is, uh, I would say, this is not the, uh, this is not the direction I anticipated the Pokemon discussion yeah. going right from, right from the jump. Very compelling radio. Yeah. I, uh, yeah we sorry. Have going very, on right very compelling. No, it's fucking Arceus. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I, I'm agreeing. I'm not with dealing you, with you this. I'm not dealing with this. So anyway, it, it, the, the game's weird. really fun. <laughs> Well, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by this game's success because to me, um, this is the most like anti Mica game that exists. Like, like, like it exists specifically to spit in the face of Mica because apparently it looks like hot garbage. But people keep saying that it looks like trash. It looks fine. (laughs) I think it looks fine. Um, and I, I like. Sure, when you're flying on the Braviary and you're like all the way zoomed out and you can see that like the water pattern is really basic, like <laughs> sure. But who has ever played Pokemon games for the graphics in any case? But I I think it looks like Pokemon. I think it looks like the next step for Pokemon in a lot of ways. Um, I think it looks objectively better in a lot of ways than Sword and Shield did, which no one seems to want to admit. Um, it's fine. Like, could the graphics be better? Yeah, they could. Does the game look like trash? No. And people need to fucking relax about the graphics, I think. <laughs> but the gameplay, apparently, like, like pe- gameplay's pe- great. Yeah, people are people are like everyone everyone every longtime Pokemon fan is like this is the Pokemon game that I've been waiting my entire life for. Yeah, essentially. in so many ways, it is seamless. the uh, the The transition into fights is is just instant. Like you you throw a Pokemon at the other Pokemon, it's just like cool, you're in, and there's no. Like there's no weird blackout transition screen like you always get in the other mainline games. I mean, it should be noted that um, this is considered a mainline Pokemon entry. Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's perfectly seamless. You see all the Pokemon out in the open world. Um, the the catching the stealth catching stuff is a lot of fun. You can throw berries as you 
fill out more of your Pokedex, like you learn more of what certain Pokemon like, where it's like, oh, this one likes honey and this one likes berries and this one tends to eat mushrooms. So you can like craft stuff that will lure them sort of closer to you and then you can like surprise everything, them bitch everything like, has to have a fucking cooking mini game in it nowadays it's not even like it's <laughs> there's crafting you know and you find stuff out in the world to craft pokeballs with so it's like cool and unlike in fucking animal crossing where everything still has to be done one by one if you have the materials to make 50 ultra balls you can just do it and uh, cool, now you've got 50 extra Ultra Balls. Um, literally, if you have the right materials in, in your inventory and you have the recipe for it, you can craft anything um, just on the go. And it's, again, it's just, it's a seamless experience. The, um, the I, I wouldn't say like the environments feel particularly inspired um it's like oh you have a meadow area and then there's a snowy place and some other stuff and there's like a bog um and cool yeah like you find a bunch of ice pokemon when you go up to the snowy mountains and whatnot which makes sense and um the boss fight mechanics have been a little hit or miss for me um because there are fucking boss fights in this game (laughs) there's at least five um and uh yeah some of them like you you gotta dodge i don't understand how like an eight-year-old playing pokemon for the first time is going to feel about this game where a pokemon can fucking aggro on you and just beat your ass wholesale and send you back to camp uh yeah it's just it's it's really fun it's really satisfying and when when the first couple trailers came out about this I, someone with several Pokemon tattoos, I was sort of like, mm, I, I don't know. And then it came out and I'm like, oh, it's this is everything I've ever wanted. Like, it's really fun. You should play it. I mean, as, I figured this as we're be... going to touch on in news, it's sold 6.5 million copies over the course of a single week, which makes it the second fastest selling Switch game. That's a lot of games. It's a lot. I figured this would be, like you said, literally the Pokemon fan to dream of an open world Pokemon game. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, graphics be damn. First of all, I'm looking at the graphics. The graphics look fine. They, they look fine. I don't understand what the... I, are I you going to be blown away by the graphics? No, but no one's ever been blown away by the graphics in a Pokemon game. So shut up. I think the yeah, problem is that... Serious. Well, I think the problem is that the obviously like the Breath of the Wild comparisons came out for this game immediately. Like once they started talking about, oh, it's up more Pokemon. And I think people are like comparing it against like what Zelda looks like, which seems a little unfair. Um, But yeah, different teams. Also, it is it's not running off the same engine. Like, yeah, sure. It looks like Breath of the Wild. It's not running on the Breath of the Wild engine. Um, So. Well, and also, yeah. and also cut them. I mean, this is really the first time that they've ever done something to this scope. So, right. Like, I would say like, cut them a little bit of slack. Is it a flawless first step into this new direction? No, it's not a flawless first step. Um, but first steps are rarely flawless. Um, so if this is the direction that they're going to be going in, uh, then, yeah, I am. I'm all about it. The game's super fun. The story is actually engaging. Um, I 
like a lot of the supporting cast a lot, which is not something I feel like I say very often about human characters in the Pokemon games. It's like, all right, yes, yeah, sometimes the villainous team leaders are kind of cool. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a really I, fun game. I have a, I have a stupid question. Has, uh, has Pokemon ever been on PETA's radar? Oh yeah. Well, one hundred percent. Like, oh yeah. Because it's like, like, are we are we training our children to be like fucking hunters? Uh, uh, literally, this- Peta came up with a game called Pokemon Black and Blue, where you have to save Pokemon from their cool trainers that force them to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this one really like amps it up to. New and exciting degrees because since you don't have like the transition into battle, like you're literally sneaking up on Pokemon, yeah, ensnaring them, and then and then being like, "Go fight that wild animal that's out there right now!" I command you. I mean, there's some really cute little details in this game that I appreciate because you can at any point in time you can let your Pokemon out of their ball; they won't follow you. Um, like they do in some other mainline games, like Heart Gold and Soul Silver is one where like you can pick one and it'll always follow you around. Um, but um, you can like let your whole team out, and that's kind of cool because like you can pose with your team in some cool ways for like photos. But you know you can also interact with them, and it's not like you can you don't see what your character says to them, and you don't choose. But are you looking at this? Fucking black and I'm blue. I'm looking game. at Pokemon it's, black and blue, yo. This is hilarious. So <laughs> <laughs> uh. But um yeah, like there's there's just you can crouch down and and you know you're it's just I don't know. I I am very emotionally attached to Pokemon as a franchise. Um so I think it's cute that like I can sit in a little hot spring with my gold duck and like have a nice little moment out in the mountains. I don't know. The game's just really fun. has a lot of cute little details like that. Also, you get to fight God. So that's fun. What is it? A persona game? No, but like Arceus is literally the creator God figure of the Pokemon universe. So why do you want to fight it? Uh, Reasons. Cause um, like he, he, because it's a Japanese game and all Japanese game developers are atheists. That's why. I mean, look, I support. I mean, so <laughs> at, at least, like, I don't I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but the game begins with literally you, a modern day teenager being yeeted back in time by Arceus. And he's like, all right, go f- fix this mess happening in the Hisui region. I'll see you later. And... <laughs> And and so you have to eventually fight uh, Dialga, which is like the time god, and Palkia, which is the space god, and they are ramping up towards a fight with Arceus as well. So, yeah, you know, typical JRPG fashion, attack and dethrone god. Fantastic. Um, Yo, I'm sorry, man. Like, this Pokemon Black and Blue is fucking hilarious. Like, Pikachu is all beaten up and he's got like a collar on his neck and he's fighting this this Pikachu is is fighting uh, a human 
who has a bat in his hand and a bottle of booze in the other hand. <laughs> and one of one of Pikachu's like attacks is like a group hug to try and like appeal to his like <laughs> sensibilities, I guess. Meanwhile, the human is throwing oh. choke collars at him. Wow. And you know, it's just <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh man, I'm sorry. Okay. We can we I, I gotta turn this off. <laughs> No, I, I, I gotta turn this off. I want to. I want to see the throwing uh, hypodermic needles at 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 fucking uh at 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 uh, one of the Pokemon and has a scalpel in her hand. Like Jesus Christ! Okay. What? All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Peta might be the most ridiculous organization on the planet. Right? <laughs> it's it's insane. Ooh. Um. Nintendo did announce that they have a Nintendo Direct streaming uh, as we're recording this tomorrow, of course, um, where they said they will be focusing on uh, games that are coming out in the first half of 2022. Uh, so I guess apparently it's see. going to be 40 minutes long. Yeah. And so. not and not a third party uh, direct either. Apparently, no, this is all focused Nintendo first party stuff. Doesn't the uh, triangle uh, strategy come out soon? Uh, yeah, and uh, I literally have a bingo card for the direct tomorrow. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, me, 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 me and my band are doing Nintendo Direct bingo tomorrow. Um, so I literally I have specifically on my bingo card is too much time spent on triangle strategy <laughs> is going to happen. What is what is your definition today. of too much time spent on triangle? At strategy? least eight minutes, eight minutes. It's a lot of minutes. If, if, if that we is a lot of minutes for a 40 20, minute presentation. 20 percent of the allotted Nintendo Direct time uh given given to triangle strategy, I will be able to check that off. Um I I got a I got a few long shots on uh on there. And I think I have a few sure things on there. Hmm. What are your what are your long shots? Uh another smash expansion pass. I'm about to say, you already know what the longest of shots is that Carrie, for some reason, put on her. Yeah, I, I, of course, have Golden Sun on there. That's oh, it's not on. going to happen, but like. <laughs> <laughs> but if it does, if it does, you will know because there will be an explosion in Owings. I think I will hear it. I think I will hear it. <laughs> Here is uh here's my bold prediction that is sure to be wrong. Uh, Advance Wars releases during the direct tomorrow. Ooh, okay. So I have like any news about Advance Wars reboot camp happening tomorrow, but I would love it if it dropped immediately. Mm-hmm. Um I I think fairly sure things that we're going to see will be um Splatoon 3, uh Kirby, um something Final Fantasy related will probably be somewhere on there um i think we're going to see new n64 titles for switch online revealed um i also feel like we're probably going to see some news about rune factory 5 which is supposed to release fairly soon uh and i think we're definitely getting mario and sonic at the beijing winter olympics (laughs) it's stupid but it's uh, they're going to talk about it um my my long my longer shots are like bayonetta 3 news mario kart 9 um uh anything related to metroid prime i have metroid prime on there twice because i think we might see metroid prime 4 news but i also think we might get a metroid prime remastered collection i think that's more likely or at least the first 
the, the I think they're going to do the first three games for, for Switch, and I think they're going to release it as a collection. I also, for whatever reason, put DLC for Metroid Prime or for Metroid Dread on there. I, I don't I don't think that's I don't even think that's on the table, honestly, um, but we'll see. I also think we're going to get uh, RCS DLC. That's possible. Yeah, that's possible. I think um, they could add like another area in there pretty easily. Uh, before we talk about how I tried to rescue Micah this weekend, uh, I'm going to tell you to go to densepixels.com slash fans and you can join our discord. Uh, if you go into the episode discussion uh, channel for last week, you can see uh, a bunch of solo board games that I recommended because I meant I talked about it on the show with Micah last week and then Daniel uh, in the discord asked for some specific recommendations that I can give out. So there's a whole slew of board games that you can play solo. Uh, that's what I've been doing for the last like two and a half weeks is basically playing solo board games and not playing any video games because I figure that Elden Ring's coming at the end of the month and I'll just save myself uh, for Elden Ring because there's nothing really out now that I want to play. So again, that's densepixels.com slash fans to get an invite to the discord. Uh, if you are not watching this, we put this show out every single week in video form on YouTube. You can find that by going to youtube.com slash dense pixels. While you're there, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel and then like, well, don't like the video twice. Cause then you'll unlike it. Um, <laughs> by, by doing that, but you can ring the bell that way. Whenever a new video gets posted, you will be get notified uh, by YouTube, like whenever we put out a new episode, which happens usually uh, in the morning after the day after we record it. So it's fun times there. Uh, while we're here, we are just one podcast on the mega network that is the TNP Studios Network. They have some other fine shows that you should check out, like the Nerdpocalypse, with just, which just recently recorded its 500th episode to like zero fanfare. Uh, Black yeah. on Black Cinema. Coming Distractions, the movie review podcast, and you also get the weekly preview episode of Look Forward, which is about the first hour of a typically 90-minute to two-hour show. If that's not enough, and God damn it, I can't imagine that it is, you can go to densepixels.com slash premium, subscribe to our premium membership. It's only $5 a month, or if you get a whole year, it's only $50. That's two months free, and it gets you access to our premium slate of shows, which includes the airing grievances. No Time to Bleed, our action movie podcast. Uh, I should probably mention the Aaron Greens is our Seinfeld podcast, as Jay and Mike are <laughs> trudging along. Uh, the Men with the Golden Tongues, Micah and Mine's uh, spy movie slash James Bond podcast, looking to review No Time to Die soon, properly, now that it's out on video. Uh, upstage Conversation, featuring our very own Carrie, talking about musicals and movies. and musical I'll movies. get back to that at some point. And the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast, Featuring me and Jay and usually Andy when Andy's not moving uh, to a new city and or state and has no internet. So again, densepixels.com slash premium. Sign up today. Tons of content on there already. You don't know what you're missing. Carrie. Um, yes. Carrie. Uh, West Side Story got nominated for Best Picture mm -hmm. from the Academy Awards. Does mm -hmm. it deserve that nomination? I still haven't seen it. Um, uh, because it came out and seemed to land like a wet fart. Uh, <laughs> West Side Story has some like really good music, but in terms of like the lexicon of musicals, it doesn't rank super high for me. Um, so I wasn't in any great rush to see it. Um, that being said, the Academy loves 
loves sucking Steven Spielberg's dick. So I'm sure that that had like a lot to do with oh, it. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So yeah, I don't know too, but yeah, no, I, fu- no, shut up because that, that shit pissed me off. So Dune got 10 nominations, which fine. I really enjoyed Dune. I thought it was excellent. Yeah. But the fact too. that the fact that Dune got 10 nominations and Blade Runner 2049 got like zero really upsets me because Blade Runner 2049, <laughs> I don't know if it got zero or not, but it didn't get enough. I'll tell you that. And it should have gotten more because Blade Runner 2049 is like one of the best movies that a lot of people haven't seen. Um, I'm also upset that No Time to Die only got two nominations and they were both related to uh, audio. So I think that's kind of bullshit, but what are you going to do? It's a James Bond. Yeah. Movie. The Academy disrespects James Bond. Constantly. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Skyfall. Like Skyfall, they were like, no, like we're going to, we're going to put this up for, for yeah. consideration, but that was because they thought it was the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's how the song starts. So I, I, can, right. I, can, I, like, I get oh, it. Okay. This is it. I get it. This I, is I, the I, end. I'm like, oh, well, I guess, I guess we better give it his flowers now. Oh, they're making uh, more. I can't believe it. Any of this year's best picture nominees. Usually there's at least one or two this year. Not a, I, I have really seen watch that many movies. This I year, have seen though. exactly one of them. So Dune, Dune, that was it. <laughs> it's the only one. Uh, but more movie. more scintillating movie talk on the Nerdpocalypse. Um, yeah, we uh, we will talk now about Sifu. Um, yeah, I tried I to save Micah great. from this. Oh well, the, here I hear it's great for a very specific type of gamer, and Micah is very very much not that type of gamer so like okay. i tried to, yeah i tried to save him but i was I too think, late i think this is the type of game that terrence uh would appreciate most of all because uh it's a it's a fighting game like a beat-em-up type game but i but it's also a very challenging game so let's talk about the things that really work with seafood right um the engine that they're using for the uh encounters is very very cool right like it's very it's intuitive you have light attacks heavy attacks um you have a dodge button you have a block button you can hold the block button to like stand in place and move the directional stick to like kind of stand there and and dodge um incoming attacks you know to make people whiff so that you can counter um it's very cool um it, it's a beautiful looking game it's got like a real like watercolor like minimalist-esque type vibe to it that i that i really dig and it's fun to play in the moment um it's a very challenging game you know it's not the type of game where people are just going to stand around and wait their turn to get their ass kicked no like they're gonna like you will fight three people at one time um, which, uh, can make you feel like a badass, but also like you're fighting a fourth person in the camera, uh, because the camera's not very smart. So you have no. to like maneuver the camera, um, while you're being assaulted, uh, from, from both sides and the front with, uh, broom wielding baseball bat wielding bottle wielding, uh, thugs. Um, and it's got a cool like hook. So the the uh, aging system works on like a Fibonacci type of scale. So you have a death counter, 
right? And your death count, when you die, your death counter is added to your current age. So the first time you die, your death counter is one. You are 20 years old. That one gets added to the 20. You're 21. The second time you die, your death counter goes up to two. The two gets added to your 21. So now you're 23, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's ways to like lower your death counter. Uh, you can either purchase ways to do it, or you can fight certain enemies to kind of knock it down by one, but you know, that stuff adds up. So if you're, you know, 47 and your death counter is seven, uh, or, or 10, you're 57 now. And once you get into your seventies, you are, you are on your last life. Uh, any, once you hit septuagenarian, that's it. Like you're going to die. But uh, you become like a glass cannon as you get older. So when you are young, uh, young, dumb, and full of cum, as as uh, the people in my, my the old men in my house what? say, it's <laughs> 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 because you're stupid. You don't know any better. You're young, dumb, and full of cum, right? Like you don't have any like, experience. You're dumb, and you need to get some pussy. Apparently, so okay. it's uh, so it's. So you are you have the most life that you can possibly have, but your strikes aren't as powerful. And as you age, your life bar uh, becomes shorter, but you deal way more damage. Um, that doesn't really help, though, because like people kind of just like swarm you and beat your ass. Um, <laughs> OK. Here's the, that's all the cool stuff, right? Like that stuff is fun. Here's what's dumb. Right. There's a lot of dumbness that's going on in this game. Um, the skill progression system. So this is a, a, a run based like type of game. Right. There are five levels. Um, the and you can play any of the five levels at the youngest level that you have achieved when you get there. So I've reached uh, the second level at thirty three. So I can start that level at any time, but I will start it at 33. The only way I can start it at a lower level is if I start the campaign all the way over and then play through and hopefully get to level two younger than 33 years old. The skills that you can buy, there are two different types of skills that you can buy. Uh, One in traditional roguelikes that always go away. Uh, and ones that you can have the opportunity to buy permanently. You could buy those skills permanently with XP that you buy, right? But it's kind of like a rent a center type of thing, right? Like you buy it and you kind of rent it to own it, right? So if you buy a, let's say you buy a dick punch, right? You buy dick punch for like 1500 experience points, right? If you want to own dick punch, you have to buy Dick Punch. You have to make 1,500 experience points payments on Dick Punch for five payments in that run. Does that make sense? Like you got you, you to gotta buy it and then you got to keep investing into Dick Punch <laughs> if you want to be able to keep punching dicks forever. <laughs> now, now <laughs> that's what, that, and it gets very, very grindy. Right. Like, because it, it's, you know, XP comes, but it doesn't come at a weight that like 
like dick punching would be viable in one run, right? Like you got to do multiple runs in order to punch dicks. <laughs> so, so it's very, it's, the, very, it's easily, easily the best explanation I've heard of the system. That's in this game <laughs> from, all, from all the different reviews that I've, uh, that I've listened to. <laughs> so it gets very, very grindy. Like there's a lot of starting over just to like grind out experience to buy the things that you want to buy. And there's a, there's a ton of stuff, right? So you got to pick and choose what you want. Now, here's the problem, right? Dick Punch is only available for purchase at a certain age cap, right? There are, there are, there are skills that you can buy from 20 to 30, from 30 to 40, from 40 to 50, and from 50 to 60. Let's say Dick Punch is at the first level, the youngest level. You can only buy dick punch up to 30 because like 20 year olds, like they'll kick you in the dick because they don't give a shit, right? <laughs> so you can buy dick punch at anywhere between 20 and 30. If you hit 30, you can no longer buy dick punch and you can no longer invest in dick punch. So if you want to invest in that, you got to start the campaign all the way over to get to a younger level, grind out these the experience so that you can so that you can keep uh pumping it into dick punch. <laughs> and it just doesn't like it it, it it's need is is needless. It's it it's it's that's the thing that I'm most pissed off at the at the game about is the needless like uh age like cap the the cap that the game enforces on you because it makes you replay that first level over and over and over and over and over again. And you can either get good and just earn the experience and not die, or you have to keep playing that first level over and over and over again. And I think that's poor design. Um this game is weird, man. It's weird. <laughs> I and I don't know if I could recommend it to people. What level um, have you gotten to? In the game, only the second level. Only the second level. There are five bosses. There are five, yeah, and I've only gotten to the second one. The first one is easy, right? Like you can, you can, you can get through it easy peasy. But the second one, like people start to really kind of, they get really, really aggressive. And there are things that you can do, like to buy shortcuts if you do have to start over. The problem is, if you buy a shortcut, you're missing out on all that good XP. So all that easy XP from the from the fodder enemies. So it doesn't really behoove you unless you max out all of your skills, which is what I'm in the process of trying to do, because I want to punch dicks and I can't <laughs> do it yet. So this is this is a this is a very this is a very weird game. I, I, I like what they're doing, but I don't like how I, don't, I, I like the core of it, but all the ancillary shit, it doesn't. It it makes it. I don't mind a grindy game. I can sit here and play a grindy game and listen to a podcast or whatever. But this grind doesn't make sense. I would much rather just just grind out experience. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, like it's it's a weird game. I don't know if I I can only recommend this game to uh, look. Do your research on this game. If and, and watch a lot of videos and watch a and read a lot of reviews to determine whether or not you want to spend your 40 bucks on this thing. Yeah. Um, it seems, it seems like a concept that is very like 
ambitious. And I feel like that if they ever decide to do something akin to this it, with a future game, that they'll have learned a lot of lessons and will probably be able to practically apply it in a lot yeah. more an efficient manner. It looks like it, it seems like a, like just a first run with a lot of, lot of bugs. And they, I mean, they might be able to iron out some of the progression issues that people have um, through patches and stuff or not. Like maybe this is just what they want the game to be. Yeah. I think this is what they want it to be. I think this is what they want it to do. Right. Like it's because they, I think they want you to keep playing that first level until you can beat it at 20 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. Until you can beat it and not die. Uh, which is a tall task, man. Like, because like I said, like the, the game, it, it makes no bones about fucking jumping your ass. And, um, and they give you tools that you can use, right? Like you can, you can throw things and, and you can catch the, they throw stuff at you. If you, if you grind enough, you can catch the things and throw it back. You can, they, they give you the tools, but you got to earn them. And, um, and, and I think I don't know how many people will finish this game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this is this is not a game that you finish. It, well, well, this seems, is not a game that I'm going to finish. Like, seems like Returnal just, in a lot of ways. Like it's just one of those things that like you have to grind out, and you know if you enjoy yeah. it, then great. And if not, then you know you might bounce off the game. Returnal is like one of those ones that I'd like to return back to at some point, just because I feel like I do want to do more in there, but it just hasn't hasn't hooked me in. Um, yeah. I mean, it did hook me in. I played a fair amount of it, but it has, I haven't come back to it really at all. Yeah. So. Um, well, Sifu is not the only game that came out this week. Again, we are in mega release uh, February. Uh, Ali Ali World, which is getting pretty good reviews, uh, came out on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Uh, Action Arcade Wrestling released on the Switch. Uh, Backbone came out on the Switch. Crossfire X came out on Xbox. Edge of Eternity came out on PlayStation and Xbox uh, cardboard Kings with a K uh, came out on PC uh, for some godforsaken reason. They've decided to release the kingdom hearts trilogy on oh, the Nintendo switch. Don't call it a trilogy. It's not the a trilogy. It's kingdom a hearts saga. The, the, the mess of games. So you're getting 1.5 plus 2.5 <laughs> HD remix. You're getting 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, and you're getting Kingdom Hearts 3 on Switch this Friday. But here's the thing. Thursday. It's, they're all, like, the cloud versions, because the game yeah. is too is too much for the Switch to handle. <laughs> also, uh, like, don't play those games. They're not good. Also, <laughs> why, that's my final have, on the matter. Like, and no one can tell have... me that I'm wrong because I played all of them up to three, basically. I put like 150 hours into that franchise, so I know it sucks. Yeah. I Like I said, I need to know what level of success Nintendo's having with these like cloud versions of games because I can't imagine it's a lot, which makes me wonder why they're even bothering with it. Um, no By Heart comes to PC, and then Lost Ark uh, comes to PC, arguably the first uh, PC uh, FOMO experience that I've ever had in my entire really? life. Yeah, it's it's like it's like an MMO, but it's like Diablo, basically. Oh. Apparently, it's been in beta forever. Um, it's being done by a Korean game studio. It's apparently very good. Um, okay. And I'm kind of bummed that I'm not. I don't get to play it because it's not on Mac. I, I would actually, I would actually probably play it on a dumb computer if it came out on Mac. But because <laughs> it did not, uh, I cannot, which makes me a little sad. So. 
Uh, Carrie, I'm going to kick the news over to you because because yeah, uh, I populated stories, the docket. You populated the docket. I didn't even see these stories, so I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, so I put good. this first one on there because this is a story that we talked about last year, and I distinctly remember talking about it, which is why I wanted to put this on here as a follow up. Uh, the Capcom lawsuit over the uh, numerous photos that were stolen and oh, yeah. used in the Resident Evil franchise that has been resolved apparently amicably. Um, a statement released by uh, one of the law firms involved said that Capcom and artist Judy Jurasek have amicably resolved their dispute concerning the use or the alleged use. It's not they used it. Um, the, the alleged use of Miss Jurasek's photos in Capcom's games. A dismissal was filed to end the lawsuit. So uh, there are no further details publicly available about this resolution. I imagine Capcom delivered a cartoonishly large sack of money to. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, how many, how many, how many sacks of dollar signs printed yeah. on the side did they deliver to this um, artist? So to to refresh your memory, uh, last year. The lawsuit uh, was filed in June, and at the time, Jurisek claimed that Capcom used at least 80 photographs from her book Surfaces more than 200 times and without a license. Now, if I recall correctly, this book, um, it's basically stock photos, but you still have to pay a licensing fee to use stock photos. It's like Getty Images or something like that. You know, you still have to, you still have to pay someone to use the images um so yeah um basically they had used stuff and and her book surfaces is literally just like very specific breaks in glass and like dirt patterns and stuff like that and they very clearly used it in stuff like the Resident Evil 4 logo and stuff like that so they were they've been using this stuff for a while and she basically caught wind or found out or something like that and um yeah um at at the time so last um no sorry there's this is this is like the second time that capcom's been under fire for stealing someone else's work uh following the release of resident evil village uh dutch director richard Ruffforst accused the developer of ripping off his monster designs <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that issue is still ongoing. So, yeah, I don't know. Capcom, like, you have a wealth of creative talent in your studio. Why are you stealing stock images? <laughs> That's funny because I th just this weekend I happened to be channel flipping and I came across uh, one of my favorite bad movies uh, that we reviewed on Untitled to Bleed called Lockout, uh, which was a Luke Besson <laughs> film. And he definitely got sued for ripping by John Carpenter for ripping off Escape from New York because it really was just an Escape from New York ripoff. But God damn it, I love that movie. God, I love so that movie, funny man. In that film. <laughs> what a what a good goddamn movie Lockout is. If you haven't seen Lockout, do yourself a favor. It's a tight hundred minutes. It's yeah, fucking man. great. That's a good movie, man. It's a fun movie, man. I like that movie. <laughs> Uh, next, next up, uh, I feel like we, we really don't go very long, uh, without talking about Activision Blizzard, but, uh, yeah. The, <laughs> any, 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 any PR is good PR. <laughs> I, uh, is it? Um, uh, I mean, apparently not because, uh, Activision Blizzard active users 
fall and have been falling steadily over the uh, over the last year. Um, according, uh, basically, new figures officially released from Activision Blizzard um, has seen uh, Activision active users um, fall between. Um, so since December 31st, 2020, basically over the course of a full calendar year, uh, Activision active users went from 128,000 uh, to 107,000. Uh, oh, that would be, that'd from, be millions. That would be 100, 118 million to 107 million. What? Yeah. 120. Like, like, is it million? Yeah, it's active million. users. Yeah. Oh. Mon- mon- monthly active oh, users. Oh, sorry. Yes. Monthly active users. Uh yeah, so no, it's um in December 2021 alone, uh it went from 119 million to 107 million. Since December 31st, 2020, it went from 128 million. Oh, um right. yeah. Uh Blizzard went from 29 million to 24 million, which almost seems more significant, though it's really it's it's a, it's like they're losing 20 percent ish of their user base um and then king which is candy crush basically is largely remained stable but um yeah huh turns out that uh being shitheads doesn't pay that that people will eventually start to get fed up with your bullshit well, and it's it's so funny to me. So, like, obviously, like Blizzards, you can kind of account for a lot of that. I'm sure there's a lot of World of Warcraft migration going over to Final Fantasy 14 um, with how that's a up lot of people. Mm-hmm. The Activision stuff is funny because what is it? What is Activision? It's Call of Duty. Like, that's all it is. It's Call yeah. of Duty. And so they apparently to their to their uh, stockholders, like when they did like an investor call, uh, they were like, ah, like, yeah, we're having a rough year, you know. Vanguard didn't do as well as we were hoping it would do. So, you know, the only, you know, Warzone people have been dropping off. So, the the only way we can fix uh, this problem with the amount of Call of Duty users we have, that's more Call of Duty. Like, let's throw as much Call of Duty at the wall as we possibly can, (laughs) because clearly it's a quantity problem and not a quality Mm -hmm. problem uh, that we have going on right now. Yep. Um. Meanwhile, as this article is fast to point out, Square Enix is filling the void of uh, MMOs as more and more people continue to fall off of really World of Warcraft more than anything. Though I assume people are also giving up the ghosts on uh, Overwatch and Diablo and other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's really been a huge migration of World of Warcraft folks over to final fantasy 14 uh so much to the point where as we discussed they had to stop selling the game so that they could get the new data center <laughs> open which still, they did that's the, like the queue time my mind that they yeah the that. queue time issue has been resolved which is great um i i have not sat in queue like the the most people i've seen in queue on like a busy weekend has been like Maybe about a hundred, or it was like four thousand right when Endwalker came out. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, more people playing FF14. Uh, brisk sales for Endwalker, to say the least. And um, yeah. Anyway, fuck, fuck Activision, and uh, yeah, turns turns out that 
uh, maybe companies really start to take notice of their activities a little bit, or you can force them to start paying attention if you vote with your wallet a little bit. Well, and you know, to that point, like Activision Blizzard has been, you know, losing a lot of really good people, like to the point where Blizzard announced their new like survival game that they're developing that apparently looks very good in early stages uh, as a call to encourage people to come work at the studio. Like they're looking for more talent um, huh. and they should be worried because other companies are out here uh, providing the incentives that workers really want uh, companies like ubiquitous software, uh, otherwise known as Ubisoft, um, where if you go work for them to reward you for all the hard work you've done. So like, like the ghost recon breakpoint team, um, you know, working hard, trying to, you know, bolster the latest live service boondoggle in, in Ubisoft's catalog and to reward them for their efforts. Uh, the folks find folks at Ubisoft, uh, in an effort to make sure that they retain as much high-performing talent as possible, have rewarded the teams uh, with their very own NFT Ghost Recon 20th anniversary hat that their in-game avatar uh, can yeah. wear. This is ridiculous. This is just ridiculous at this point. A, like, uh, a, statement, I, a statement to their staff reads, with the opening of the Ubisoft Courts program in December, we thought of creating an exclusive digit for you, the Ghost Recon 20th anniversary cap. If you want to receive this exclusive digit, Ubisoft's internal term for an NFT, we will inject it into your crypto wallet on the 9th of March. I hate that entire <laughs> sentence. <laughs> we will inject it into your crypto wallet. Oh, so, that sounds like a violation. Injected anywhere, <laughs> much less an <laughs> NFT injected into my crypto wallet. So I have you. to ask, like, is this a reward for Ghost Recon employees, or is this a punishment? It feels like a punishment, for- <laughs> and it sounds like a punishment. <laughs> I mean, you can't when you when you when you send out an email, you can't say we're gonna fuck your wallet up with an NFT, right? You have to say we're going to inject an NFT. Ew, yo, ew, surely, ew. surely this, surely this will quell the uh, the quote unquote great exodus that's been happening at Ubisoft over the past eighteen months. Uh, I think like this, like this quote from uh. Ubisoft VP of their strategic innovation. Oh yeah, we talked about it. We talked about it last week. (sighs) (laughs) They just don't get it. They think it's destroying the planet is a tool for speculation. They just don't get it. We can let them sell their things for money later. That's. I'm so done with crypto bros because it is just speculation. So and I have to. It's only to beneficial for the higher ups at Ubisoft because it's allowing them to make presumably a lot of money in a very short period of time. So but once we, it gets we, regulated, uh, that'll be it. We clipped that portion of the show out. So if you go to youtubecom pixels, you can actually yes. see a clip from last week's episode of just that uh, just that discussion that Mike oh. and I had. And so for the image, um, Jay <laughs> had a picture. Of like a very mediocre looking white person, like on the thumbnail, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, what, what, like a thumb. 
Yeah. Well, that's the dude that made the quote, apparently. Like, like well, I was like, oh, of course, of course, that of course, of course that's what that guy looks like, <laughs> naturally. Looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, if, if, if you, uh, you know, try not to throw your support behind very pasty, uh, mediocre, bald white people. Uh, as much as you possibly can like that. that That's a That's a general goal is avoid supporting pasty, white, bald, mediocre men. Look, I worked as a finance reporter for most of 2020 and I didn't get super into covering crypto stuff, but like, I feel like I got enough of a handle on the whole situation by the time that I decided I didn't want to work there anymore. <laughs> and then the, then the startup went under anyway. So fucking whatever. Um, but you know, it's it's all just mediocre individuals trying to make money at the expense of other people and at the expense of the atmosphere. So yeah, I don't know. Fuck Ubisoft. Yeah. And again, I must reiterate, uh fuck white pasty mediocre bald men i like how you have to specify bald because you as a white pasty man yes <laughs> otherwise <laughs> someone worry about falling into that category yourself, no you won't man, like, like i said you won't you won't catch me supporting these bald motherfuckers out here i'll tell no. you no there's been like there's been other nft bullshit going on in the last week too um with like music People are trying to turn music into NFTs, but in doing so, they're just like scraping all the data off of Spotify, which is so they're <laughs> just stealing music. Yeah, it's just like literally that's all you're doing. It's literally illegal. They're literally stealing music and minting it into NFTs and selling them. And it's just like I, I every every time some dude is like, oh, but it's good for the artist. And I'm like, but all the artists are having their work stolen and turned into NFTs without their consent and are making no money off of the work that was minted without being asked. So ask me again, <laughs> like explain to me how this is beneficial for anyone except the dudes who are like at the top of these fucking pyramid schemes, <laughs> grifting money off of ding dongs on the internet. Speaking fuck, of, uh, fuck, fuck, NFTs of and fuck you if you have any. Speaking of grifting ding dongs on the internet, densepixels.coms. Densepixels.coms. Carrie kept ruining my attempts for a hilarious segue talking about tasty bald white men that you shouldn't support. <laughs> <laughs> Go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your, uh, for all of your, uh, uh, pasty bald white men supporting needs. Actually, Jeff uh, Bezos is to, very tan. Probably, probably. Yeah, I was going to say so. like he's yeah. bald and he's an asshole, but he's you know, very. The, 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 yeah. He takes care of his complexion. He does well. He does. He does now. Like if you've seen Jeff Bezos before, he was oh, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> very they look very, like a Jeff Bezos. Very, very big uh, pre-Tesla, you know, very big PayPal Elon Musk energy going on with old Jeff Bezos yeah, back in the day. Yeah, money, money. You got enough money, it'll it'll make you look presentable. Um, look, go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon purchases. And when you do so, you pay nothing extra and you help us out. Uh, let's see what the old Amazon has today. Go buy yourself a Star Wars Mandalorian Darksaber 
with toy and uh, with toy with electronic lights and sounds. No, don't get that one. Get the get the other one. Get the uh, get the one that's like two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> don't get don't get the uh, don't get the toy. Get the replica. Um, yeah, do that. It's like two hundred fifty bucks, and uh, it it would help us out uh, by going to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your uh, grossly unnecessary purchases. Uh, we got a fresh mail delivery today in the post office. Uh, I think, I think a first time, uh, first time, long time in J man here saying he loves the show, but also asking with the stealth Nintendo direct on the docket, uh, which missing game announcement do you think will incite the fans the most? Uh, Metroid four breath of the wild two would be too easy. Uh, they're banking on Bayonetta three. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think I, I think, I think I Bayonetta think three would. Uh, I think Bayonetta three would only incite a very specific group of people. Yeah. Um, plus, like we got new Bayo three info somewhat recently. Um, I feel like the last time we heard Metroid Prime four was them saying we are delaying Metroid Prime four, and that was like three <laughs> years ago. But I assure so, you, it is, it is coming out. Yeah, so. I I feel like if Metroid Prime Four is is once again missing from this direct, uh, people are gonna have some uh, harsh emotions about it. I don't I don't think there's gonna be like a. I mean, I joked on Twitter that there would be because they're doing it the day after we record, but I don't think there's gonna be like a megaton announcement um, during this uh, during this presentation. I think it'll be pretty pretty standard stuff. So hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, Cam. Uh, says, after assumedly having some time with Arceus, does Carrie think they will make two distinct Pokemon entries going forward, uh, stick with this new format, or just infuse some of the elements into the more traditional mainline Pokemon games? I don't know. I what really don't. I don't know. Like, I if, if they're going to do this, like, sort of ancient, you know, back-in-time, earlier Pokemon world sort of stuff... With the open world format, um, I would love to see other regions because Hisui is meant to be like Gen 4, but like hundreds of years ago or whatever. Um, I would love to see Johto hundreds of years ago, um, given how the Gen 2 games really lean so far into um, the sort of like like the Dragon and Phoenix mythology and, and stuff like that. Um, so I feel like you could do something similar as far as like, just, just given how Arceus decided to go with the, the mythology of Dialga, Palkia, Giratina and, and Arceus, um, I would love to see them do something similar with like exploring the origins of the three legendary dogs and Ho'oh and Lugia and stuff like that. Um, I... I mean, I would, I love the way that the game plays. I understand that it would be far more of a strain on the system for them to be rendering like full blown contemporary modern day cities that are full of people and Pokemon and whatnot. And that, you know, in order to, to keep having, you know, modern feeling Pokemon stuff, that'll probably have to be more traditional turn based. But yeah, I just, I don't know what's going to happen next for Pokemon, but Arceus 
has me really excited about the series and how the mainline games are going to play. Um, really for the first time in a, in a long time, like it just, it feels really fresh. So um, I hope we get, I hope we get more, more games in the style of Arceus. Uh, while we're here, Anthony says, what starter do you typically pick in a Pokemon game? Hmm. I've always, I, the, the few that I've played, I've always gone water type. To start out, boom! <laughs> <laughs> you uh, fire, Micah. Of course, I'm fire. Yeah the the tight the titan of the Pokemon world. I, uh, I I'm a godly man, and 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 God is always represented. God always comes to Earth in fireballs for some strange reason. <laughs> even though we're told to like not want to be around fire, because that's where like the place that you don't want to be is at at is but nope god always appears to people in fire so and toast so fire. <laughs> toast and like dog buttholes um <laughs> right carrie, carrie are you gonna are you gonna round it out do we have a perfect synergy a perfect no i i don't i usually don't go grass i wouldn't say i wouldn't say there's like one type that i go with every single time i i am almost 50 50 split between fire and water like go, going through my historical choices I picked Squirtle in Gen 1. I picked Cyndaquil in Gen 2. And Cyndaquil was my starter in Arceus as well, because it's one of my favorites. Um, I picked Torchic in Gen 3. I picked Piplup in Gen 4. I picked Snivy <laughs> in Gen 5. I picked Fennekin in Gen 6. I picked Litten in Gen 7. And I went Grookey in Gen 8. So it's a pretty even split. <laughs> I guess in the grand scheme of things, I have historically leaned more fire. But it's... I, I'm not like, I go the water type every single time. Like, I've never done that. Um, so... Uh, Gerard left us a very just self-aggrandizing note saying, loving everything we do. Love how we can go from games to soccer to F1 and whatever the fuck NFTs are. NFT. I appreciate the work y'all do. Keep at it. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Vic says, what are y'all's favorite type of boss fights? The giant world ending monsters like in P5 or the normal slightly more uh, hit point centric foes. Uh, they like a bit of realism in Rockstar games where the boss can be killed like any other character with no special circumstances. I like an epic fight. Uh, it depends on the it depends on the game, right? Like if I'm playing. Um, well, I guess that's what he's asking. Oh, this person is asking. Yeah. Um, you know, gun to my head. Uh, I want, I want to fight a God. I, <laughs> I, I want to, I want to take a God. I want to take a big gun and shoot God in the face. Or I want to take me and my 18 other friends that include ninjas and jungle boys and, and, uh, and, and twins and one of which who can suplex a ghost train and we want to fight a big purple stripper clown god it's a fair point i i think that as long as a final boss has been built up in such a way that it feels like a threat it doesn't necessarily matter if it's like a world ending you know universal celestial terrible demon god or whatever or if it's just like the shithead who's been annoying you for the last 40 hours um i feel like a good boss fight like it doesn't matter sort of like where they fall on like an objective power level so long as it it feels like a threat and it 
can as long as it like feels like a threat and then feels very satisfying to have done at the end of the day that's what a good final boss fight is for me um i mean yeah that's bosses bosses should feel threatening and should feel like a challenge no matter what they are so and finally trey says like oh sorry go ahead i really like you know i really liked fighting um this person brought up a rockstar game um i really liked fighting gary and bully gary was a punk bitch and i (laughs) fucking hated him man anyway i mean like my if if we're talking about like individual boss fights i think my favorite one, one of my favorite more recent boss fights that i've experienced is um uh, the uh, the brute justice fight, which is a raid boss in the Alexander raids in Final Fantasy fourteen, because it's like it's literally you fight these individual robots and then they're laying on the ground and then the music changes and they like move their pieces and they join together and they form into Voltron <laughs> and it's like that's just really cool. It's a really cool design and the music's really good. And uh, it's as far as I know, it's the only boss fight where like the cutscene at the end is like you beat it and then like your character turns around and it explodes behind you. And I'm just like, that's good. <laughs> that's a fun one. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll finish up with Trey. He says, is Google trying to save face and say they don't toss every shiny new key? They don't toss every shiny new key they get once the shine is worn off uh, by them. Weekend at Bernie's. Bernie's Weekend at Berniezing the stated. That's not a word. Um, <laughs> that was really hard to say, too, by the way. Um, it's weird, right? Because, like, Google in the past has shown no regard whatsoever for kicking stuff that's not working directly overboard without any, you know, yeah. re- without any want or reason. Um, so it is kind of weird that they are seemingly trying to make Stadia work in whatever capacity it can um limited though that may be uh because they're i mean they're not making games for it anymore like they, no, they close all their studios stadia is just like they closed all their studios a year ago yeah. um i don't know it's just i don't think stadia was like a terrible idea I just knew that if it wasn't going to work, that Google would just give up immediately, which is what they did. Well, I think um, I think the thing that's been interesting with it. So, like, first of all, it has done the very good thing of making company like tech companies a little bit more trepidatious to get into the games industry in that standpoint, because they're like, man, fucking yeah. Google fit. It couldn't make this successful. Like, you know, what the fuck? Um Amazon, I feel like, has found more success so far with Luna, but they've also, weirdly enough, been a lot more low-key about it, and I think that's contributing to their success. I think one of the reasons why Stadia is Stadia, like such Stadia a was really funny because it's like there were ads everywhere for yeah, it. Yeah, well, they, ki- they kicked the fun. fucking door in, and they're like, oh, we're going to fucking change the game industry, and, and basically they, like, they were trying to sell checks that they didn't earn, basically. Like, they hadn't earned that level of cachet when they were first talking about this and you know, basically they, they put the cart before the horse in a lot of ways and they didn't do anything to build up, you know, a slow build. Like they, they released it in beta or whatever, but and it was, and, and, and when it got reviewed, it got reviewed in that beta state because they came out on a giant stage and were like, this is going to be fucking awesome. And then they, they would have been, a, they would have done a lot better just kind of building it up low key. 
And they might have actually had something there if they had done that. Um, but I can't explain why they're hanging on for dear life with this because they don't need it. Like they can just literally kick it away. It's oh, they're fucking Google. Yeah, like. like it doesn't fucking matter. Um, but like everyone that was associated with the project isn't there anymore. Like Phil Harrison, I think is back in England now. Like I don't think he's heading up that team anymore. Like Jade Raymond, who they brought in, like that was a huge name they brought in to run the Google Stadia Game Studios. She's gone. She's at Sony now. Like, so like, I don't, I don't understand what you're, what you're, what, like what you're trying to salvage, but yeah. we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody come in um, like with Sony, for example, rather than building up their own infrastructure and using like Azure, um, maybe you could work with Google for their streaming purpose. Cause the tech is fine. Like it Stadia works just fine. It's just the platform itself doesn't make sense. You know, like, yeah. like, you know, why, why are people going to pay $60 for this game that they don't, that they can only stream on this weird service that they don't own? And who knows if it's going to be here? Maybe that's why they're hanging on because people did invest money uh, with games and they, I guess, feel bad <laughs> if, if they had to just kind of pull the plug on that. It'd be kind of fucked up. So, but uh, that's it uh, for the post office and that's it for the show. So, again, uh, if you want to submit us questions that we will answer for you guys every week, join our Discord at densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash densepixels. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. And then follow us on Twitch, uh, Twitch TV slash densepixels. You can also follow our individual accounts. Carrie is stuff. It's Carrie. I am densepixels. Brad Terrence is Apparition 410. Uh, that is it for this week's show. Uh, thank you guys very much for watching and listening. We'll see you all the next time. See ya. See ya.